Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and objectionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice by a licensed therapist. Listener discretion is advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness, all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. So glad you are joining us today. If this is your first time listening to an episode, well, this is going to be kind of a special one. It's a little different than the usual format. Typically, when you listen to the episodes on Apple or Spotify, you're hearing pretty much stories of women who have cheated and they're sharing the reasons, what has happened, what happened to cause it and all that. But today, I'm actually going to read a story by a gentleman named Chuck. And I met Chuck on a betrayed spouse website uh, through Facebook and just reached out to him about what had happened and he and I were able to converse and he shared some information and ultimately he submitted a story. And I explained to him that this story would normally be ran on Patreon on the uh, subscriber, paid subscriber subscription, whatever you want to call it, stories. But he really requested that I put this on the main feed so everybody could hear it because even though it's not written in the story, um, since he wrote this story, a lot has happened, and he wanted to make sure that everybody could hear what happened ultimately at the end. And so I respected his wishes, and I decided I would go ahead and and read this out on uh, the main podcast so that everybody has an opportunity to hear this. Before we get to his story, though, I do want to share a little information about my Patreon and what you get basically when you sign up for Patreon, it's $3 a month pledge and you get access to stories that are not shared on the main podcast unless it's a special event type of a situation like this. Plus you get access uh, two days ahead of time to the regular episodes. And I am so pleased that I've got some great followers that have subscribed and I just really appreciate it. So here's a little information on what you will hear. The podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, has brought you telling stories from women who have been unfaithful. But there is so much more out there regarding this controversial subject. Candace and Bobby are going strong and starting to get serious, which is great because he deserves some stability in his love life. 
We hang out frequently because I don't have a lot of close friends and they're usually down for a board game or a movie night. Candace and I flirt. Bobby and I flirt. Candace and Bobby are adorable and sexy together, and I'm genuinely happy for them. However, tonight Candace texts me that she has permission from Bobby to have sex with me. To hear the full story and more stories about the betrayed partner's side of the affair, or being the other woman or other man, subscribe to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelities Patreon. With a $3 a month pledge, you will have access to these bonus episodes, plus have early access to regularly released episodes. Visit rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link to subscribe today. So Chuck's episode today is a little bit about more so emotional affairs that his wife had had. And so as usual, I search for an article similar to what we're going to read about. And I did find one um, called Welcome to My Q&A Advice Blog. And it's How Do I Help My Wife End Her Emotional Affair? And it's basically a betrayed spouse Q&A. And it's being answered by Susie Johnson. And she is, um, it says Susie Johnson, CPC, and she's an affair recovery expert. Um, and again, it's her website is go ask Susie and that's G O A S K S U Z I E dot com. And I of course will have a link to the exact article in the episode notes so you can uh, read it yourself directly or perhaps you need to contact Susie. But this was updated last on August 21st of 2019. The question says, my wife has been having an emotional affair with her boss. She confessed in our counselor's office to having a crush on him and that nothing I say or do can stop the way she feels. She says she loves me, but she can't help the strong feeling she has for him. After this confession, our counselor advised her to limit all contact to work-related matters and to stop communicating with him after business hours. She said she would, but I recently found out she's been emailing and texting him. I related this incident to my counselor and also told my wife that I can accept her friendship with this guy if he was really just an acquaintance, but warned her not to go to the point where she would have to choose between her friendship with him or our marriage. My counselor said I should have been firmer and more assertive with my stance and not allowed the friendship to continue. I am not sure where to go from here since this is happening on an emotional level, not a physical one. What can I do to help her overcome the feelings for this man? Susie's answer starts with, thank you for the opportunity to serve. Here's the good news, bad news about dealing with a partner's extramarital emotional affair. The good news, while emotional affairs are like lobster pots, easier to get into than out of, people are able to reverse their way out of them all the time. The bad news, although emotional affairs can be overcome, you are not the best person to coach her through that process. 
At first, this may sound illogical, but after a decade of doing this work, I can tell you with all sincerity that if you decide to become the, quote, coach and help her bring out of the emotional entanglement, it could very well backfire on you. Here are a few pointers about dealing with emotional affairs. Feelings should never be judged. Only action should be. It's a mistake to underestimate the power of the mind because everything begins with a thought, even infidelity. However, keep in mind that feelings shouldn't ever be judged. Only action should. With this frame of reference, it's a person's deceptive actions that should be the focus here, not her feelings. Awareness is the first step. The fact that she's, quote, aware that her feelings have crossed the line is a step in the right direction, because when it comes to emotional affairs, lack of awareness is where people get into trouble. So the fact that she's aware of what's happening should be seen as a sign of strength, not weakness. Forbidding the, quote, forbidden fruit usually backfires. Think back to your own teenage years and ask yourself this question. When your parents forbid you to do something or hang out with a certain friend, did that make you want to do it more or less? Of course, it just made you want to do it more. The same phenomenon is why diets don't work. It appears to be human nature to want a thing more than we've been told we can't or shouldn't have it. Where does all this leave you? In a precarious position, to be sure. On one hand, you want her to immediately get out of this emotional entanglement she's gotten herself into. I understand the urgency and agree that the time is now. But on the other hand, you don't want to do anything that could backfire and actually intensify the allure of the forbidden fruit. You see the dilemma? So what can you do? Here are my best suggestions. One, provide her with a safe, secure environment so she can talk about how she's really feeling. Women, quote, process feelings by talking about them. So rather than, quote, act them out, you'll want her to fully process these feelings out of her system. This might mean getting her own individual counseling, finding her a support group, or getting her on a call with me. Whichever way you choose to go, just remember, this isn't something that you can do for her as much as you want to. Why? For the same reason surgeons don't operate on their own wives. You simply can't be, quote, objective and, quote, fair or listen without judging her feelings. And she wouldn't be totally honest with you for fear of hurting your feelings. Does that make sense? Two, support her through it. Encourage her to read books about emotional affairs. Go and order books on how to end emotional affairs, etc. I don't have a title or recommendation for you offhand, but I'm sure there are some. The, quote, key to this process is to allow her time and space to do her own release and let go of things on her own. You cannot guide her through this. You cannot coach her through this but you can support her through it. Three, remind her of the good. One of the things that leave the back door open for emotional affairs to creep in is when people begin to take the good for granted. 
This is the time for you to put modesty on the back burner and to step up and remind her about the good times and the good things about you and your marriage that she may have forgotten. This includes wonderful memories you've made, the dreams you both share, the children she wants, the travel plans you both have, and the exciting times ahead. And four, transparency is goal. What it boils down to is this. The real threat to your marriage is deception and secrecy. Therefore, the antidote for both of you to embrace transparency as a way of life. And then here she writes, for more on this, read my article, The Transparent Couple. Until we speak again, remember love wins. Susie looks like Johnson. So, um, yeah, I think that was a great article. And that's one thing here, too, that I always talk about with um, people that connect with me regarding the infidelity and my thoughts and is transparency and honesty. And I actually had to work through that myself um, back when I was cheating on my ex-husband in between the times that I got caught and I was really trying hard to work it out with him. Um, That was one thing he preached a lot to me was transparency. Be open, honest, truthful, and transparent. Um, No more secrets. And, you know, I did for a long time, but then I slipped back into my dark side. My childhood was normal, per se. Or maybe it was really fucked up. I'm not sure which. My father was older when I was born. My mother had been his third wife. She was 16 years his junior. When they met, my father had successfully screwed up two marriages. My father was a serial cheater on everyone but my mother. My mother was his one true love. Well, his one love that he didn't cheat on or abuse physically or mentally. That is, until the end of their marriage, when I was 15. Then he showed some of his mental instability. He said a lot of nasty things, and I chose to live with my mother. Essentially, at 15, I became my own parent, took care of myself while my mother tried to keep us with a roof over our heads. I started smoking, drinking, hanging out with the wrong crowd. I smoked marijuana like it was my job, but I really didn't have much luck with jobs. When I was 17, I saw the impact of my problems on my mother. I tried really hard to become a better son. I went to work at a local hospital after giving up all the booze, drugs, etc. I still hung out with my same group of friends. But whatever, they didn't hate me for trying to be better. One night in February of 2001, I had dropped a friend off to a party. I was still trying to ride the right side of the rail. So I thought, better of being around drugs than alcohol, I went for coffee. A while later, I tried to call him. No answer. Lightweight. I left the coffee spot downtown and proceeded out to the burbs where he was getting his party on. I walked up to the house, asking if anyone had seen him. There he was, laying in the snow. 
I decided I would stick around and try and help my boy out. Smoke a cigarette, why not? Then I look up and there she is walking out the door. This beautiful Puerto Rican princess with this full body, something that was completely opposite of anyone I had previously dated. She was exotic and I was excited. We exchanged pleasantries and went about our way. The following day, I ran into the party's host at the mall. She told me that her sister was into me. I thanked her for the gesture, but respectfully declined the invite. I said, but what's up with the Puerto Rican girl? She replied, Maria, she's not Puerto Rican, she's Italian, and she's my sister's best friend. To which I replied, well, I don't want to get anyone mad, so I guess I'm good. Like any good 19-year-old, she said, no way, I'm calling her right now. And so she did, and that started the rest of our lives together. The next eight years are a blur. College, career, buying a house, and getting married. We seemed to be the couple everyone looked up to. Outwardly, we had it all. Heck, even inwardly, I thought we were great. We welcomed our first son in April of 2009. Life was really starting to look up. Financially, we were in a crisis. We were behind on the mortgage after my wife's maternity leave. I needed to do the manly thing and work more. I had a job that took about 60 hours a week out of me. Unfortunately, I was paid a straight salary, so I needed to work another job. I started a side business and I was working probably 20 to 30 hours a week on that. Before you knew it, we had started to drift apart. Sex became a chore and I was spending every waking hour attending to my son or work. That is the summer her affair began. By the beginning of October, it was a full-out emotional affair with playful photographs being exchanged by both parties. A former colleague of mine that I had befriended began befriending my wife. I knew they were friendly, but I never thought it would go where it went. After all, she had encouraged me throughout college and after to make friends with people. I am an introvert. I have no problem being my only friend. I don't trust people in general, especially men. I understand the racy thoughts that men get when they see a beautiful woman. I understand the undressing with the eyes, the imagination running wild. Does she shave? I wonder how her tits look outside of that bright pink bra she's wearing. Does she give oral? Does she spit or swallow? Would she even let me blow a load in her mouth? Does she taste good? How is she in bed? Would she blow my mind? Would I be able to make her come? Squirt? What does her come taste like? Oh, and I wonder what her name is. Notice how nowhere in there did I ask her relationship status. Because the imagination has no boundaries. But alas, I had made a friend. A good friend, or so I thought. Never did I think that he would fill my wife's ears with things she wanted to hear. Never did I think that he would be texting me at the same time he was rubbing himself off to photos of her. 
Never did I think he would ask her to come to his house, bring her in, sit her down, fondle her breasts, or pull out his penis in attempt to stop her from leaving when she thought better of the situation. Never did I think she would do the same to me. Never did I think that she would send other men photographs of her breasts with their name on them. Never did I think she would talk about sleeping with another man. Never did I think she would consciously go to his house knowing that our house was in the opposite direction of where she should be going. Never did I think that I would feel so alone in what should have been the happiest time of my life. Discovery was the worst. A few days after their rendezvous, as a part of my job, I went to the bank. The teller was a mutual friend of my wife's affair partner. She asked if I could wait a minute because she had to talk to me. She told me everything that had taken place according to him. How my wife was trying to have an affair with him. How she had chased him. How he was the victim. And lastly, how sorry the teller was to be the bearer of the bad news. I left my heart at the teller station that day. My world was crushed. My entire future was in a balance. I had lost everything. I first reached out to him. I thanked him for having the message passed to me and apologized that he hadn't felt safe enough to come straight to me. I asked for more information. He passed me pictures that she had sent him. It was the most devastating thing that I had ever encountered. I saw my wife's bare chest in the home with pieces of paper that said his name on them. She was surely the aggressor. I was so sure of it. My friend wouldn't lie to me. He was so convincing. I immediately went into finding the evidence. I went straight to the cell phone provider. Let's look at the text log. There they were, a myriad of photographs sent by her to him. Wait, there were photographs from him to her? What did he send? So I started questioning him. What did you send her? There are photographs coming into her phone as well as leaving. He confessed. He had sent her photographs as well. He was sorry. My beef was with him and her. After a slang of words, I sent him a final message. I am on the way to your house. I am giving you a 15-minute head start on me. I am coming for you. Of course, when I arrived, he was gone. I have since found out the affair partners are cowards. They are the lowest form of life. They are leeches. Anyway, now it was time to confront my wife. I had my evidence. But first, being a young man without resources or a real support system, I needed to confide. I went to my mother. I called my mother-in-law over to my mother's house. I sat in my mother's living room and dropped the bomb on them. I showed them all of the evidence that I had, including the photographs. Both were devastated. To this day, my mother-in-law is one of my biggest advocates. She understands the life that I live is for her daughter. She understands how hard I work to provide. 
She never thought that her daughter would live that life. She never thought that her daughter would be that person. She wasn't raised that way. That night, I didn't say a word to my wife. I was completely silent, mainly because our infant son was there, and I had nothing positive that I would be able to say. The next day, I met her for lunch, evidence in hand. I brought her a slice of pizza. She was happy at work. She ate her pizza, and I sat there stoic and quiet. Finally, after she finished her slice, I handed her the evidence. I said, I cannot believe you would do this to me. I will be filing for divorce, and I intend to take our son. Have a great life. And then I walked out. She attempted to chase me down. I peeled out of the parking lot. I ran to the daycare center to get my son so she couldn't get him and run. This is what I thought she would do. Sure enough, she tried to go there because they called me. I went to my mother's with him. Soon she would catch up with me. She begged me to talk to her. I wanted nothing to do with that. My mother and mother-in-law begged that I do the same. So I left my son with them and we talked. She admitted to sending the pictures. She said it was because I wasn't giving her the attention that she needed, that she didn't want him. She wanted the attention. She confessed that she only wanted me, but I wasn't giving her the love she needed. She knew it was wrong. She knew that she hurt me. She also knew that she wasn't getting the attention that she wanted from me. So in her mind, it was all my fault. And to this day, she believes that if I had done something differently, she would have never done that. In my mind, no matter how much attention I gave her, she would have always sought the attention. We couldn't afford marriage counseling at the time. We also couldn't afford individual counseling. So we put it behind us. I chose to bury her infidelity in my mind and move forward. I thought I was strong enough to deal with everything myself. After all, I was a man. Our sex life was better than ever. We were doing it daily. We made time for one another. Somehow, I thought that we would just survive it and move forward without ever mentioning it again. Man, I was wrong. It became a total crutch as we moved forward. I never dealt with my insecurities. I never dealt with my hurt. I would become enraged when she would go out with her friends for the night. I had visions of her meeting someone at a bar and them fucking for hours, all while I stayed at home taking care of our children. I envisioned some handsome man coming up, grabbing her by the chest and throwing her on the bed, ripping her clothes off, and I could almost see him putting his larger-than-life penis in her. I could see her face excited with pleasure. Not in a way I could make her feel. Rather, an all-new orgasm that happened over and over again. Sheets wet with sweat, passion, and cum. Why wouldn't it be? In many ways, I let my mind fulfill 
all of her fantasies, except I never knew her fantasies. We don't talk much about such a taboo topic. We never have. In fact, sex has always been a dirty little secret to us. I remember when my wife found out that she was pregnant, she was most concerned with her parents finding out that we had sex. An undeniable fact at that point because we had been together for nine years and married for three. Anyway, over the next 10 years, we had two more instances of indiscretion for our marriage. First, she went to lunch with her ex-boyfriend. He was still in love with her. I tried really hard to make her understand, but she didn't. It wasn't until I went on her screen name and essentially, by professing my undying love for him, got him to talk about his motives. The second time was actually not a huge betrayal on her part, but it was an issue with a guy in the new town that we moved to. This guy was from our hometown and had started talking inappropriately to her without her fighting back. That is when I finally decided to fix myself. I started individual therapy and with an infidelity specialist. I joined a support group for betrayed spouses. I also spent time on betrayed spouses groups on Facebook and have started one for betrayed male spouses. The end of my story is still unwritten. For now, we are in a seemingly loving marriage with four children who for the most part know nothing about what could have been, and I hope it stays that way. She has been made aware of her last opportunity for reconciliation. Should she sway, I will have no choice but to divorce her, and I will put 100% of my resources to making sure she has restricted custody of our children. Well, it sounds like Chuck and his wife um, have come a long way, but also have a long way to go based on how the story has been going. And, you know, I did receive a message recently from him, and he was saying that he's reached a point in his own recovery where being in a lot of the cheating, infidelity-type groups is becoming a little more painful than helpful, and that his marriage is going much better than it has been for a long time. And he said he thinks a lot of it is a result of listening to this podcast. Um, So he wants to continue to listen. And basically saying, from his standpoint, seeing my remorse of what I had done helped him understand immensely, maybe what his wife had done, and perhaps, you know, the mistakes she's made and be able to work closely. And I'm just so happy that they are going in the right direction, because so many marriages cannot survive this. And a lot of people try, they do try. And um, he was very proud that this was a success story. And, And again, that was the main reason too why he wanted me to put this on the main feed for the podcast so that people can understand that there are people that can get through this. And so Chuck, I just wish you the best and I appreciate all the support you've given me and the podcast and I'm thinking of you guys and I'm rooting for you and good luck with everything. So as we close this episode, and you've been listening, and if you're a wife or a girlfriend, 
and you've stepped out on your marriage or your relationship and feel kind of out of sorts and feel like you want to share your story, or if you're a husband, boyfriend who was cheated on um, and you're feeling confused, even if you're another woman, the other woman, the other man, you know, you're having an affair with somebody who's already married in a relationship and you're that extra person who's just kind of mixed up in it. You know, writing out your story, uh, even if you don't for sure want to send it in for an opportunity for it to be read on the podcast, every one I get, people are telling me this was so therapeutic just to have to write it out and really think about it and focus. And so, you know, think about it in that way. And if you do decide you want to send it to me, please do. Um, you would email it to Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. You can also visit my website at uh, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com where you could submit your email. You can um, listen to episodes. You can sign up for Patreon from that website. Um, you can even just send me a chat. So until next time, have a great day. Hope you're doing well. And remember, no judgment. Goodbye.